What on earth is that? It's a Journey into Comics Network production! The following podcast, scheduled for one fall, is for the Journey into Wrestling Podcast Tag Team Championship. Because the Warhorse will fight until he breathes his last breath. I got the whole damn world in my hands. Your arms are just too short to box with God. You just made the list! But the man is back. Daddy's home. Ricky ain't about just taking titles. I'm about taking this up to another level that you've never seen before. I'm a wildfire burning across the countryside. I am Napalm Death. Welcome to Villain Enterprises! No thing, no company, no entity, all pro wrestling No more questions about that damn What's up, WrestleManiacs? Welcome back to a very nice, very evil episode of Journey into Wrestling. It's Journey into Wrestling 101. I'm your host, Nate. Today, I am joined by my co-host, Housen. What's up, Buckles? How's it going, my friend? Hang on a second. I gotta wait to see if there's gonna be an explosion behind me. That was it. Okay. Um... Did the dog shit on the wall or something? What did I miss? No, there was no. It's what we call the. Uh, it's called what we call the revolution special. It was just there was. You didn't see it. You didn't hear it. it I see what <laughs> you, I missed the whole. I missed the explosion, bro. There was a. Uh, I, I I hate to beat a meme to death, but where's the kaboom? There was supposed to be an earth shattering kaboom. <laughs> yeah, well, um, there was not. I guess that even though we're a little bit behind on it, we'll just jump right into the fun shit. Revolution was interesting, my dude. I watched the show. I have thoughts. I have lots of thoughts. I don't want to dive necessarily into every single match because it's kind of outdated at this point, like you said. But there's some cool shit that came out of this card. Mm -hmm. There is also some wonkiness, but then also some cleverness. And and we're going to definitely get into that. Yeah, there's... This is really the first acid test that AEW's had. And I mean, the elephant in the room or the lack of explosion in the room is the death match. And that's even, even though we're now a week removed from it, it's still probably the biggest news in professional wrestling. Um, and it's like I said, it's the first acid test they've really had to deal with something going wrong. It's their first in your house, beware of dog. It's their first uh, uh, brawl for all. It's their first, okay, this is bad something happened <laughs> but you as as people who've been in the wrestling industry for decades know the show must go on you must roll with the punches if mm -hmm. you don't get the kaboom you were supposed to get right what do you do you turn well, chicken shit in a chicken salad and right it me here's the funny thing man this is the <laughs> here here's the deal i don't know at the point of the show what was going on okay no idea as it's happening live what's happening. I was not able to watch. But 
I tried to stay spoiler free as best I could until I could watch Revolution, and I was doing great until until stupid fucking comicbook.com, bro. I get it. They're my source for news. But stop spoiling things, you fucks. It's the first nerd culture rule is don't spoil shit. I I have to say that you hit something very interesting, a very good uh, salient point is that there's a saying in the the business for people who've been in the business long enough, the show must go on. The only person that kind of screwed up at this point throughout the whole thing is the person who hasn't been in the business that long, and that's Tony Khan. Because he's the one that kind of stuck his foot in his mouth after the fact and didn't like he went about six different directions trying to figure out or trying to spin it off. Meanwhile, you have Moxley and Kenny and Eddie Kingston that all did it beautifully. Well, and here's I mean, and that's kind of what I want to get back to is that like so I for the most part was doing good at being spoiler free. And then the only thing I saw was that uh, so the two major headlines were um the lack of the explosion and then because of Scorpio Sky's Instagram, I was spoiled on his victory. And I was like, God damn it, you know, but, 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 but as soon as I knew the Kenny thing went wrong, I watched the show with a different headspace. Right. So before, so I'm, I'm, I'm literally watching knowing the end result, but watching their product as if they don't know the end result, okay? Right. And the way, the cockiness of how they, what's the word I want to use here, played on the the little, you know, um, vignette of Kenny making this, and it's going to be the biggest right. thing and everything, right? And then the Don Callis thing towards the end of, this is what you wanted, this is what you want, Mox, this is what you asked for, Right. And to that, me, that's the, the best out of all. I think that was the best way to do it. Okay, so here's the the really weird thing is all these things happening, and then the explosion does not happen, and you've got you know Kingston and doing like this oversell thing of like to protect him or whatever. Mm-hmm. But here's the thing: it works beautifully because it's the lack of satisfaction because. We go back, and, and this is me maybe justifying the way things played out for them, and I'm not trying to. I'm just looking at it from if I had to book this out, chicken shit to chicken salad, how do you work yourself out of this angle? So I said Kenny was making it, right? Then you had mm-hmm. Don Callis saying, oh, this is what you want, Mox. This is what you want. Eddie saves him. The lack of explosion, the lack of finality. The lack of the end, which is what Moxley wanted. One way right, or another, right. this feud is over. It's like, done. There's the, the, if you look at the timeline of what was said and what happened, you have the, uh, the, uh, you have the end of the match. You have the alarm, the siren going off. Kingston runs out, tries to get Moxley out of the ring. Can't do it, so he covers him. You have sparklers and piddly shit. And then, Goldberg comes out. Gilbert, Gilbert yeah. comes out. Yeah, Gilbert comes out. My bad. Dwayne, Dwayne Gill's pyro hits, and then uh, Eddie sells it like death. You have Moxley get up and cut this little mini promo where he's like, "Man, Kenny's a tough son of a bitch, but he can't make an exploding ring worth a shit." That doesn't get out to the major audience. It's just kind of assuaging the people who are in in the show, like the live crowd at the show. And then you get Tony Khan going. 
well, yeah, Kenny can't make it worth a shit. He drew the plans in crayon. Oh, this is this is all kayfabe. And uh, and then kind of backtracks a little bit and says, well, yeah, of course there wasn't an explosion. What do you want to do? Kill our people? Like, this is the best we could have gotten, which is clearly not. And then they backtrack again on Dynamite with Mox and Kingston and, and Kingston giving this PTSD explanation for why he sold like he did, which works. And then you get Callus's explanation of we're robbing you of something you all wanted. We're robbing Moxley of his finale. We're robbing the audience of their, we're giving the audience blue balls for all things and for all intents and purposes. And that last, that last bit really works. The problem is that no one got to TK to say, Hey, let us handle this. <laughs> yeah. Just take a step back, bro. Yeah. We'll, we'll take over. Don't go right. out to the media and start talking shit. Weird thing is I haven't even heard Tony Khan's stuff from the media. So it's interesting. It was, it was the media scrum right after the show. I watched a lot of that, but I didn't see yeah. him. I saw Darby talk and a couple yeah. other people hangman talk, but like, uh, you know, so, so the lack there of the explosion is, is, is a no go. That match was still really fucking brutal. The real tragedy, and I, uh, the last thing about the explosion, the real tragedy is that it it kind of masked the 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 dud of the explosion masked a really beautiful character beat from Kingston. That face turn from Kingston is awesome. Oh, totally. And it gets overshadowed completely, and I hope they run with that in the future. I think they will. Uh, the other weird thing is that I'm wondering if that was supposed to write Moxley off for a little while to go do the paternity thing, and now they have to figure out another way to. Um, the match itself, though, yeah, the match itself was really good. Um, I'm not gonna lie, I didn't enjoy it quite as much, but I'm also gonna say that that's because I watched like three other death matches over the weekend that were all more violent and more deathmatchy. So it just happened to be the most, and I say this lightly because it is AEW, so they're not this adjective at all, but it is the most corporate of the death matches that I saw. Sure, it's the most produced, it's the most finely sheened, the most mainstreamed out. Whereas I watched GCW where you had a barbed wire death match where uh, people are getting thrown through glass panes and Ooh. getting like literally, uh, who was it? Uh, um, why can't I think of his name all of a sudden? Not Joey Janela. Uh, um, and you call yourself a wrestling fan. Fuck, it's God. Um, Man. I can tell you his nickname. I can tell you it was uh, Jimmy Lloyd. Jimmy Lloyd. Um, he's a different boy is what I kept thinking. That's his nickname, but that's what kept rolling. The different boy, the different boy, what's his fucking name? It's Jimmy Lloyd, uh, doing a death Valley driver on somebody off of the apron to the floor, onto a, onto the barbed wire. Whoa. Like it's a lot more like, uh, it was, uh, I think him and G Raver, I do believe, but yeah, a lot crazier shit that I saw that kind of, I kind of had my palate cleansed for that ahead of time, I guess. Sure. So that took a little bit of it away from me. Um, but yeah, the match itself was really good. Um, uh, honestly, it was kind of a bummer to me that the biggest spot in the match didn't end the match. And that was the paradigm shift off the side of the apron. That was fucking amazing. It was. And really the, what ended it and having the good brothers run out and, and give you the fault, the, the dusty finish really is yeah. like you already kind of get that yeah feeling even before the dud. Um, and it's it's kind of a shame because you know that that's something that Moxley really wanted to do, and that's something that Kenny, being the Japanese Kurosu guy that he is, wanted to do. That they wanted to have that that Onita match, they wanted to have that funk match, and 
in a way they kind of did because Funk had an issue like that at one point too. So it's said that that's what's going to be remembered from it. Hey um, man, sometimes life is not without duds. No, you're absolutely right. And like I said, AEW is going to have that kind of shit. And this is their first chance to get past one. So that's good. That's a good thing. Definitely. Definitely. It's also, it's also really good that that show that was their highest buys as a pay-per-view revolution was their highest bought show. Amazing so, to hear. That's good. absolutely that's stellar. Good. Uh, here's here's just my quick like thoughts. I thought they opened the show with the wrong match, although the title match was nice. Um, I think they should have, in my opinion, opened with the tag team battle royal thing first to establish your 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 uh, number your, your number one contenders. Then it's oh, who are they gonna face? Who are they going to face, you know? And then there's no real certainty because the Bucks themselves are tweeners. So where, you know, who, even if you know the Death Triangle is going to win going into that next match, I think it would have been better to book it the opposite direction. Right. I really do, especially with the, the amount of action that just kicked off in that, in the, in the Battle Royal match. It was great. It was truth really told, well done. Truth be told, I actually, and hindsight being 2020, I have a little bit of a different feeling now, but when I watched it, I wasn't really thrilled with the way that tag team title match ended. I thought the Bucks should have lost. I thought there was a better story in the Bucks losing, but that's also because I don't think the Bucks have any sort of decent character at all. But whereas the there's a lot more story to be mined from the inner circle winning, which however we're gonna they, now do getting into dynamite. We do have a different play on it, and it works out in its own way. And you know, just from a stance of ring point or ring work, I'm excited to see. Uh, Phoenix and Pac versus the Young Bucks. It'll be a great match. When I, I, oh, absolutely. Because, I mean, we already know. But I do have a question for you. Because I don't want to just skip directly to Dynamite and, like, dive into the Inner Circle stuff. Because right. there are some lot, like, a lot of good, crazy, story-driven stuff that came out of this past couple weeks of wrestling. But I'm curious at your take on the cinematic match. Uh, the match itself was good. I enjoyed the hell out of the match itself. There did not need to be commentary at all. They did not need to, commentary completely uh, took my suspension of disbelief out of the match. And look um, at us. We're about to do it again, my dude, because I have a complete different opinion on this, honestly. And let me explain my thought and uh, just a little bit. Because at first I was turned off, too. I was like, why are they talking like they're. But then I was like, oh, this is kind of cool because you're getting what sounded like live commentary. That was happening from the desk on a match they probably hadn't seen prior, or maybe they knew a little bit of the calls they needed to be aware were going to happen right. or whatever. So it had this really kind of authentic vibe, like they were watching in with you and were kind of speaking your thoughts. Because sometimes in the cinematic matches, not having a guiding voice or not having commentary personally bothers me. But you don't need to be speaking through everything, and that I think was right. where they could have like thinned it down a little bit, like. The, the comparison I'd make, and, and what sucks is that's going to be the comparison that's always going to be made, is the Boneyard match. That's the cinematic match. Um, and the reason I bring the Boneyard match up specifically is that both the Boneyard match and, like, okay, let's look at the different cinematic matches that we've seen over time. You have the Hardy matches, the Boneyard match, you've got the, uh, the Money in the Bank uh, corporate climb last year, the Funhouse match. Some of those had commentary, some didn't. Final deletion, ultimate right, deletion. Final deletion. That's what, yeah, the Hardy matches, I just kind of lump all together. But most of those had commentary. 
and those are good at needing commentary because you're all reacting to this crazy shit and i mean like crazy in the sense of the the funhouse match and the hardy stuff where you're literally reacting to you have to make sense of what's going on you need that 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 voice to tell you okay this is what's happening in case you don't get the symbolism of what's going on or you don't see it clearly whereas this fight the street fight took more after the boneyard match and it's a lot more intimate it's not you don't need a big explanation for it you don't have a lot of symbolism you don't have a lot of of um oh there's not a lot of uh really dense like imagery and things that have to be broken down or explained you're not cut into a lot of weird shit you don't have you know the different jump cuts of the of the funhouse match you don't have you know somebody barely talking or or trying to explain what the fuck matt hardy's doing with a boat that kind of thing this is more the intimate this is about these two characters this is about darby and cage and sting and and uh and starks and you want to hear them street fight this is more busted knuckles this is more I, i the word i keep coming back to is intimate like the boneyard match where you have taker trash talking aj the entire time you could hear that whole thing there was no commentary for that the two of them provided their own commentary and i think they could have done that with this match itself do you think that that decision to use commentary might have been staying no i don't think so i think it's because it's one of their it's only like the third i want to say cinematic fully cinematic match they've done and they've done commentary on all three of them so far. Because you have the Stadium Stampede, you have the Ultimate Deletion, or the Elite Deletion, and this. They did commentary on all three. So I think that just made it be their MO for it. Okay. So they may not have just thought not to. Okay. And you hit it a very good point where they they talked too much. Like they filled up. There was so much uh, silence in that match and people walking down a hallway or you know going up and down the stairs they felt like they had to fill all that space and they really didn't like, Oh my God, he's about to go down this very long drafty hallway filled with a bunch of weird colored zombie men. Let me, let me make a really obscure reference. I, I know you'll get this one. You've seen mall rats, right? Oh yeah. Right. So the scene in mall rats where uh, Ben Affleck's character pulls Brody into that little like access hallway and, you know, gets on it, gets in his face and punches him and beats him up. There's no audio. There's no, there's no music in that. And you hear the breathing, you hear them getting like really, again, intimate. And it makes that scene a lot better. Absolutely. That's what this could have used to me. Okay. I I mean, I definitely do uh, think that you have a good uh, argument for that because I don't know. I think it'd be cool. Man, you you have my brain going as I got something in my eye right now. Sorry for you video folks who are like, what's he doing with his eye? I've got something in my fucking eye. Sorry. But like. Uh, to me, it would be really cool to be like, hey, Tony Khan, can you release a version of these matches where it's just the match without mm-hmm. the commentary where we just hear like what's going on and stuff? And, and I mean, may, they maybe say yes, maybe they say no. I don't know. I'm not sure. But um, OK, like so imagine, imagine that imagine that street fight in black and white, like a Logan cut, ooh. black and white, no, no dot with no uh, commentary on it. I would love it. I would definitely be about it. Um. I will say, can I just say how happy it made me and how proud I am to feel and to be to exist to know that my boy Ricky Starks, who I've been championing since I first saw on I thought about you power, was mixing it up with the stinger. Are you kidding me? 
That was that incredible. Yep. God, it's like two of my favorite g- dudes going at it in a dream match that I never thought mm-hmm. I could ever possibly even envision mm-hmm. seeing. Um, that's honestly how I felt seeing John Silver do- getting the highlight in the Brody show. Uh, it was like getting him to see that everybody's taking notice of it. Yeah, definitely. Starks has got a really, really bright future, and it seems like they know that. And that's really cool. God, he's like, so fucking talented, bro. Well, like, okay, just as a quick aside about AEW is they – Everybody complains about them signing guys like Big Show and Christian Cage and all that, which we'll get to. Oh, wow. You spoiled the fuck out of that one just out of... But, wow. but for all... And, you know, I'm on social media enough. I do enough of these uh, the chat rooms and the, and, the, and the message boards that people bitch about. This, oh, they're just signing every WWE guy. They're only signing these old guys. Why can't they give new guys a shot? They have, they have a really good young class of people there. Yeah, and every person that's a champion right now is not a AEW or an well, a I mean, WWE star. Think, think about think about the difference in age between AEW and WWE right now. Think about your WrestleMania coming up with Drew McIntyre and Lashley and Roman Reigns and Edge and Daniel Bryan. They're all and, older, man. They're in their late thirties, forties. Yeah, most of them in their forties. Uh, and the amount of people that are in main roster WWE that are in their twenties is pretty minimal. Most of them are in NXT. Now look at AEW. You have Ricky Starks, Jungle Boy, Darby, Sammy Guevara, um, MJF, MJF. Fuck yeah! Uh, you have guys like uh, Proud and Powerful, Santana Ortiz. I was just getting young. ready to say it. Yeah, both fairly young. Um, their women's roster is really young. Hey, Layla Hirsch got signed today. Big ups. Nice. Hey, um, pour one out for Maki Ito going to back to Japan. Sadly, um, yeah, I know. But she'll be back. I guarantee she'll be back. That um, was a salute to her for you yep. people watching. Hey, a salute, a middle finger salute on 316. Come on. Hey, give me a hell yeah. Yep. Um. So they have a really young core of people. Orange Cassidy's younger. You know? Um. You Okay. You've got your beer. I, I don't have beer. I've got a little bit of the bourbon here. <laughs> oh, shit. Hey, bro. Don't do any alcohol abuse and spill it. No, because this is damn good. I love that you just also side note for those of you watching. It's not a beer. I know it's Beppis. It's a Pepsis. <laughs> it's Beppis. No, I'm I'm a little annoyed that I just spilled a little bit of that bourbon because that's damn good bourbon. Yeah, I'm Angel's sorry. Envy is for those of you anybody that's listening that likes bourbon. Angel's Envy is the shit. Not sponsoring us right now, but no, Angel's Envy. No, check God, it out. Sponsor me, please. Give me give me more booze. Uh, no sponsor. What are you a, doing, sponsor? What are you doing, step sponsor? <laughs> now, um, I've got a. I actually have a JD barrel in my apartment. Like that's the, as a as a uh, as a little mini bar. But as if you're a bourbon fan, Angels Envy is higher priced bourbon. It's really good. It's also finished in port wine barrels, so it's got a really good aftertaste. It's fucking smooth as hell. It's delicious. And thanks to my family for buying me a bottle because I sure as hell wasn't going to spend the money on one. <laughs> Hell yeah. yeah. A little bit of the bourbon. Um little bit of the bubbly. Yeah. Yep. A little bit of the bourbon. Um so yeah, AEW's got a very good young movement and women's division as well. I mean, Statlander, uh, Thunder Rose is younger, Layla Hirsch, younger, Britt Baker, younger, a lot of them. So there is a bright future ahead for AEW's younger squad like a guy like ricky starks who you can see in the future is going to have a bright future ahead of him so i mean you, you could be looking in you know 
maybe three, four years time, your top two heels in the company are Ricky Starks and MJF. You're absolutely right. Uh, I also want to mention how. Uh... Oh, oh, oh. And one other big young heel that could be a very high player that is a nice segue with this. Made his debut in the uh, the ladder match. All ego Ethan Page is a fucking star. That was a great get for them. Yes. Upset yes. they didn't get Eli Drake. Stoked they got Ethan Page. I I think Eli Drake is going to do well in NXT because that's somebody they the kind of guy they don't have in NXT. Sure, he's a sure, really sure. Good talker and they need that. But Ethan Page is that is very much the creative type that thrives in AEW. And I'm really, really happy to see that. He does need to slow down his in-ring work a little bit. He had a couple, like, noticeable mess-ups during that match that could have been costly, and he got lucky. Right. But the the one thing that I can remember pointedly, and that was, I don't even think it was on him, it's more on Lance Archer, when he uh, powerbombed, I believe it was Scorpio, it was either Scorpio or Max Caster, onto the ladder with, uh, with Archer in between the ladder. You know that spot? Yeah, oh, I absolutely know that spot. And he, Archer's he, like it was Scorpio. Forward. He almost dropped him on the corner of the fucking ladder and gashed yeah, his head. Look, look at look at Archer because Archer is in that same position for like two solid minutes, waiting for it to happen. <laughs> like he could see, he's like, okay, let's do it. Come on, guys, I'm uh, standing here. I'm just here in this ladder. It's weird that I'm, I'm laying in this ladder. <laughs> I'm not moving. Trapped um, in a ladder. Yeah, good match though too. Um, Something I, I will say as much as praise as I'm going to heap on AEW, something I don't like is when they continue to take those little digs at WWE. Not because... The brass ring, literally. Brass ring, yes. The giant Cheerio. Um, the giant gold donut. Um, just because it was... It's less a subtle you know, nod and wink at WWE and more of a Cody smashing the throne with a sledgehammer, like... Okay, subtlety is its time, and that should have been a better time for it. You don't know what subtlety is, so... No, not at all. I will say two things. I thought it was awesome for Scorpio to win that match. Like, good on him. He deserves it. He's been killing it. It was... You could tell in Chicago when he faced Jericho for that AEW title when I was there, the crowd wanted Scorpio to win. And he was over in that moment and is over with the crowd. So for them to, you know, almost a calendar year later, kind of really reward him and be like, hey, man, you might be the face of the revolution, but we're going to, you know, really start to strap a rocket to your back. I think that's exciting. Here's the only thing I don't like about it. And I, I, I agree. I, I Scorpio's got all the talent in the world. I'm hoping to see him get a push. The timing was weird to me because they made his little heel turn literally the show before revolution. Like there was like this heel character that he's debuting we knew nothing of it until he was on commentary the night before or the two nights before. Oh, that's and it, it cool just though, like, I guess it, it is, but it seems it makes it seem a little more out of left field to me. Okay. Uh, like but I will say to, to double back on that thought, I kind of wish Ethan page would have won. Cause how shocking and totally left field would that have been like, wait, what you just signed this dude. And he just now, because then what a fucking amazing right out the gate fucking gimmick you have with all ego being able to say I'm all ego Ethan Page the face of the revolution mm -hmm. and there's nothing you can do to take that back I, 
I the two that I would have called coming out the ones that I wanted to see I think it was they need to pull a trigger on Lance Archer they need to do something with Lance Archer because they keep building him up and then they're going to Braun Strowman him which is something I'll get into later and that's not a good thing I heard about um, it it is not uh, a good thing it's 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 it got worse um last night was worse um that's what I was talking about so I think it was they need they need to pull the trigger on Archer at some point I think this would have been the right time to do it. Me personally, I also wanted to see Penna win. And I'm again, like I said, with the uh, the inner circle thing, my my reaction in the moment was that I was kind of bummed that Penta didn't win. But on the following Dynamite, they did something out with him out of that. So I'm not as upset about it. Um, mostly because I'm just biased and I really like Penna. So um, I do also think, and I'm going to scoot up in the chair a little bit here, but I've... A, about had my fill of Cody shenanigans because it seems like every match he's in of consequence hurt something happens they're gonna pull him away it's crazy yeah, he's, he's, he's gotta, gotta find his way back yeah, oh like he's you like, you said every, what every i was live commentating yeah. every match he's in that's not just some jobber squash he's got to have some sort of shenanigans and i respect him for being a storyteller i do i don't dislike cody at all but you're overdoing it to, to it's it's getting to be expected that's not a good thing that makes sense i mean i will say part of me thinks he might have actually what well, that was his leg that he hurt right when he when he went down no they're they're playing up the shoulder the that's whole right it was the shoulder. Playing the shoulder they were playing the shoulder from the he actually did i think he has a legit shoulder injury from the shack match and they played it up a lot more in the ladder match and then continue to play it up on Dynamite afterwards. Okay. So it's, it's been a through line, but I think, and maybe it's, maybe it's building up to writing him off for paternity leave too. Cause I mean, he is going to have that soon. So that might be a part of it, but Cody's always been the shenanigans guy. I mean, going back to all in, you know, him and Dustin, He's always had shenanigans. He's always bladed. He's always come off as something. He's always done something. Met that ramp forehead first. Yeah. The the MJF throwing the towel in. You know, there's always something in a Cody match. By the way, and did you notice the dig that uh, JR took at Cody? Took himself out of the title picture. Don't know why the hell he'd do that. JR was on another level that whole show. He sounded and, awful, and, by the way. Why are you let yeah, somebody he, who has bronchitis on your show? You know, why would you let a senior who's having breathing issues on a show where you have a pandemic going and and he sounds like he might die at any second? Just you're you're gonna be okay with him not being on a show. Let Excalibur hell, you just signed Paul White to do commentary. Have him come out and do fucking commentary. Hopefully you know, he does have... a better job of hyping up big surprises, though. I mean, I was happy to see Christian Cage. No, no, I'm I'm stoked on the Christian Cage signing. I just think that big shows didn't have as much energy. I don't know. I, I know he's a big dude. It's hard to get a read on him, but I well, just... Well, he also, in his first promo, screwed up the name of the pay-per-view, so that didn't help. What? Yeah, he called it Evolution. Yeah, the, literally his first appearance. Dude, Bachamania, man. He'll, he'll catch all of that shit. God damn uh, it, Paul White. 
I, from all from what I've heard, he did pretty well on uh, that Dark Elevation. I haven't watched it yet, but apparently he did pretty well on that. So, um, let's talk about really, that Christian Cage signing, though. Seriously, well, I mean, we really didn't talk much about Paul White. I guess we did on the last show. Oh yeah, we definitely yeah, we covered the, but, the the big big O. Um, Christian Cage, you I kind of feel a little bad for because again AEW and and White hyped the surprise up to an extent that the internet ran with it and it seemed like everybody was going to be disappointed if it was anybody other than CM Punk and or Brock Lesnar, the two guys you're not going to get. And with the, uh, the, the options that were there, you know, hall of famer, you know, this, that, and the other. Yeah. It's Christian cage. And it's somebody that deserves his last shot, his last. Oh, absolutely. And what gets me is that not just AEW signing him, I, and I'm thrilled that he's going to have a chance to show his creative chops again. And he's he's gone on record saying he wants to help this next generation. That's his job there. That's his point. Sure. He wants to get his last run, but he wants to help going forward. Whereas WWE would just have him putting people over, and that's it. Um, that's what really that's what they wanted Big Show to do. Uh, I actually read an interview with him that said. He literally, I think he may have been on Jericho's show or he may have been on uh, After the Bell. Or no, not After the Bell's uh, uh, Graves. Um, he was on a podcast and said that they told him like two years ago, you're not going to be in the main event anymore. You're not going to be doing this. You're just going to be putting people over and that's it. And he, no, I can do more than that. God, I hate so, them. But here's the thing with WWE and the Christian Cage thing specifically is they had him. They had him at the Rumble at a point in time where they had Edge back. And there was rumors going around that Christian was going to have a run with WWE again. And people were excited about it. And then they lost him because they weren't willing to make an effort. Which we'll come back to about WWE making effort. So, <laughs> um, I like, I, again, I, I, I it's, it's a little off-putting to see him immediately grabbing the belt and being possibly in the Kenny picture. I actually kind of love that and I'll tell you why in a minute, but I, I'm not, I'm not necessarily against it, but I'm not, I don't know. I think that what that does is it shows that look at Christian, Christian cage, whatever you want to call him was in WWE world tag team champion, multiple time intercontinental champion, multiple time world champion. Don't forget that. He was a world champion. World heavyweight champion, yep. Impact, TNA, world ECW. champion. ECW, ECW, world champion. He mm -hmm. is a world champion, world-class caliber motherfucker. And let me just tell you, I am an original peep. I've been a Christian peep for a long... Fan of, fan of the coalition, are you? You goddamn right, bro. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, have it's, loved it's a great get. I have loved Christian for a long time, way back in his ENC days, back with um, the the angle stuff. Like the, the, I still remember him as the jobber of the brood. He yeah. was the one that he was the fall guy of the brood because he was absolutely. The young guy. They would do the blood uh, baths, and that was the first exposure of the. I I just remember him from uh, from the the corporate ministry days when he was always the one he was the whipping boy of the group or team he X. The one that, he was the one that would get like if 
Austin's going to go run roughshod on the corporate ministry or something. It's going to be Christian that gets stunned. Like that kind of thing. He was the fall guy. He was the, the token pin eater of the group. He's the, uh, <laughs> um, he's the Sean Spears of the group. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So like, I think this is a phenomenal get for them. Him ending up in the situation where him and Kenny had the face off and he picks the belt up, you know, and all that and like almost hit him with the unprettier and whatnot. That was fucking dope. Like, give me more of that. But what I need is, and this is the thing that they're building to, and I love it. I need him on the mic for more than two seconds to actually to cut say, a promo. He hasn't been on the mic for one second. I know. That's what I'm I think, saying. I think they. I think they know that. I Ex- think that's the point. Exactly. So what they're doing is brilliant because they're letting stuff stir. They're also letting him not get buried with, hey, a week after a bunch of people are pissed off that you're not CM Punk, we're going to put you out on TV and have you say some shit that makes it better or worse. You know what's funny is they're doing exactly what I wanted them to do with Sting. Be mysterious. I wanted, the, I wanted them to keep him quiet instead of being the guy down the street. I'm a hoodlum. Sorry, no. <laughs> you're 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 a you're a hoodlum bought at Target. Sorry, buddy. <laughs> like I I love Sting. I love Crow Sting. Definitely, absolutely. You were a hoodlum in 1994. <laughs> you you are a you are a, a handicapped spot hoodlum right now. <laughs> handicapped hoodlum episode um, title. Send that shit to me right now. Handicapped hoodlum. Sorry, that just makes me think of the uh, the JIC from a couple weeks ago where we did the Cards Against Humanity and there was the, um, the God, what was it? Something handicapped. The profoundly. Violent, the profoundly handicapped. Uh, sending it now. Hang on. Oh, thank you. I'm, I've got two Siamese cats next to me. One is large and one is less large. But yes, Biscuit. I'm talking about you, bro. Let's say Abby is on her couch at the moment. But, um, you know, keeping with wrestling, I can't wait to see what we get with Christian, what comes out of all this. I honestly, though, have a lot of questions about what's going on with this whole inner circle thing and how everything turned on its head in a way that I do not so think. Do we want to just go ahead and cut straight to, to Dynamite now? We've got out of a revolution. Let's get into Dynamite a little bit. Yeah. Um, we have we start off with a great fucking match between Matt, uh, Matt Jackson and Phoenix, for one. Phoenix, who has now had a great match one-on-one with both Jacksons. Um, but you have a little bit of the death triangle shit. You have this weird thing where now uh, Archer seems to be feuding with Sting. They seem to be moving Sting on from the Darby thing. Um, Scorpio is going to challenge... or No, he already lost to Darby. He did that already. So that's... We'll see where that goes. Um, you have... The big, the uh, you have the Penta and Cody thing, which I love. If I'm I the prince of, if you're the prince of pro wrestling, I'm the Lord, Lord of Lucha, Lucha Libre. Oh, dude, I'm telling you, man. Uh, Penta, if for all those of you who have only watched AEW, I know I've talked about it a lot, I know I've said a lot about it. Go back and watch Lucha Underground because Penta El Cero M or Penta, uh, Penta El Cero Miedo, or as he was known at that point, Pentagon Jr. or Pentagon Dark is a fucking fun character. And I hope to God we get a little bit of that undead ninja breaker of bones. Like he is the fucking scorpion of 
AEW. I love to see it. But seeing him come out in the fuck, Cody comes out in his suit and tie all the time, and you know tries to look like, you know the 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 man of the hour, the pimp. There is nothing more pimp than seeing fucking Pentagon come out in the suit with a mask. Oh yeah, instant levels above you, and yep. needing a translator to dunk all over you, and then dunking on you in English. I'm sorry, Cody. You're outclassed here, bud. <laughs> it was awesome. It's going to be a great feud. I hope that goes for a while here. What's funny is that there's a there was a weird theme this uh, like the last eight days of suits in wrestling. You have Cody, you have Penta. Uh, there was a whole like fashion show spot on uh, I think it was SmackDown with Nia and the sommelier like buying him new suits, and then Seth Rollins is showing up in a new suit every week, and it's fucking fantastic. <laughs> He was in green plaid the other day. It was amazing. And a turtleneck. Green plaid and a turtleneck. Um, but yeah, the main thing from Dynamite was the inner circle. And you have this the war council. And leading up to it, you had the MJF and Jericho both agreeing that something needed to change. As wrestling fans, we know, hey, MJF's a scumbag. <laughs> he is the scumbag. And we've known since day one that he wants to be the guy. And the writing's on the wall as soon as he got entered into the inner circle that, yeah, he's probably going to be trying to kick Chris out. So, yeah, they both say this needs to change. And you get the return of Sammy Guevara showing what we think to be proud and powerful and Jake Hager turning on Jericho, which, Ooh, shit. Intrigue. Really? They're, they're backing. They're going to turn Jericho face and turn the whole inner circle heel on him. Okay. And then it gets weirder because now we have them turning back to MJF and no, we know you're a snake in the grass. We've always known you were a snake in the grass and, sorry pal we knew your shtick all along which is another great moment the double cross yep it's a it's a double double cross in its own way it's double crossing the double crosser and then it gets really out of left field and i i like the double cross and the double cross i like that i'm not a hundred percent sure that i like pairing him with this new age four horseman really I'm not I I like the idea of pairing Tully and Spears and FTR. I like that. I like that four horse mangle. MJF doesn't fit that at all. Oh, he does though. Yeah, he's got he's the Ric Flair jet riding kiss steel. Absolutely. And I think You know who that... would you know who would be better in that role? Who? Cody. Cody. Yeah, but then you're giving it to Cody, and Cody's doing all the fucking things that... But Cody's doing all the things that Ric Flair would have done. And Cody's wearing the suits. And Cody is is Mr. High and Mighty, you know, riding in the private jets because he's the fucking EVP. And Cody's got the history buff that he is. And you have fucking Dusty's son is in the new Four Horsemen. I mean, it, it's a nice there's, story. There's a lot there. It just, other than other than MJF being a prick, I don't see the connection there. Oh, but dude, he's going to be a general. He just was in the inner circle learning from the best, like literally seeing the do's and yeah, don'ts. I, I, I get that. I get, <laughs> I get all that. I just, 
it's plus, still, it I don't think they, right this is going to be the Four Horsemen. I don't think this is going to be the final version of what the Four Horsemen might look like. Also know for a fact that what's going to happen is it's going to be an MJF-Jericho feud first. And maybe you have FTR, Proud and Powerful feuding, and, you know, you can have Wardlow and Jake feud and, and you know, what have you. And then Sean Spears, I guess, could take on, uh, no, on the Sammy. Thing Sean, the only thing Sean Spears is going to be taking is a lot of pins. Okay, <laughs> he, sure. That's, that's his role. Uh, and but, that's not a bad role for him. That's a good niche for him. But I want to say that I think that out of the feud of MJF-Jericho, we're going to get the MJF-Wardlow feud. I think that's coming. I think that's a little down the pike. Truth be told, I would have liked to have seen Wardlow kicking him out of the inner circle. Like, MJF's no longer my boss. Jericho's my boss. Well, now. maybe that's maybe the betrayal will happen where Wardlow does betray MJF. Maybe. Uh, there's a lot There's a lot of ways we could do it. And we're literally a week in. So, I mean, there's a lot that could still be done with this. Totally. I, I'm just, to me, there's a little weird, like, I think of FTR, I think of Tully, I think of, of Spears being this kind of old school throwback heel. And MJF to me is very, as, as, as being a classic heel as he is, he's the new school. He's the new guard. And there's just this weird dissonance to me that I just don't, I'm not vibing yet. We'll see. We'll, we'll see where it goes because they haven't even given us any kind of an explanation. And you're, sure, right. you're right. Maybe this isn't the horseman. Maybe this isn't the horseman faction that we're all expecting it to be. Um, I'm I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to be surprised if we see Arn Anderson turning on Cody and going back with Tully. Then you see the, the, the horseman feud, really. But maybe we're maybe that's what we're waiting on. I don't know. So, I mean, there's there's still a lot of places we can go with it. And it is intriguing. I'm just not as sold on the run off the gate as I think I should be. Ah, uh, you know, we had another heel turn that's not as big, but still interesting because I think there's a story to tell. Yes. QT Marshall. <sighs> yes, yes. He loudly uh, yes. said, fuck you, Cody. Like, yeah. I heard him. He said, fuck, or no, not Cody, yeah. Dustin. Fuck you, Dustin. Yeah, he's. I want to I mean, fucking win. It's obviously a heel turn. However, is it really? It's a dark feud. It's a, it's an AEW dark feud. Like I'm just it's, saying, it's, it's character development for someone who is a potato. That's true. That's that's extremely true. That's extremely true. Um, Sorry, I, QT, really, but you're just not good in no, my I'm, opinion. I'm all I'm all for it because it also gets him possibly out of the nightmare family, which is now a nightmare fucking clan of people because we just keep adding more and more to it. Um trying to think if there's anything else from revolution or the like that I really wanted to point out. I do like this little mini feud of uh, the uh, bear country getting a little bit of a rub in the tag match. Yeah. Had a little feud with the uh, butcher and the blade going forward, which yeah. that's another weird one. There's another weird one right there is the, the end of the Miro Sabian uh, best friends match that we're apparently going to get a redux of here coming up. But now we've got the butcher and the blade paired up with them as well. Weird. Yeah, it's it's odd, hmm. but it's hmm. no no wait is that right? No, who did the butcher and blood get paired up with? They're they just went with somebody else. I I don't maybe it wasn't them. I don't remember now. They yeah they they are being full mercenary thing. Like they they pivoted from being the 
Kingston family to now they're working with somebody else. And I now I don't remember who. I think it is Sabian and Mira, but I may be completely wrong. Um, yeah, it was a little odd. I do like seeing Bear Country. I, I love to see them in AEW getting a bit of a rub. I'm really hoping to see them become all elite because they're fucking fun to watch. Um, I do have one more AEW thing that we ne- definitely need to cover that will spawn us out and into something else. Shoot. So we did have the big money match with Matt Hardy right, and right, right. Uh, Hangman that's, Page. That's who he's with. That's who he's. That's who Bear, uh, Butcher and the Boy are with. As they went with uh, Matt Hardy. Oh, that's, oh, that's, 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 that's amazing. With. That's a brilliant pairing. Okay, so you you know, big money Matt loses the match. He's got to give his first quarter earnings. Hangman, Hangman's going to donate to charity, but he bought a, he bought a lawnmower. Did you see the challenge? I don't believe so. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I think I've heard it. I have not seen it. Is Danhausen did something with this, didn't he? Danhausen has finally received his earnings from uh, pro wrestling tees, and he's a top seller. And uh, he has the little monies, and, and Matt has just lost his monies. So together, they have all the monies if they have a match. So he challenged Matt to a match. I. You know, I would be a lot more excited for this. And don't get me wrong. I am excited for this. I'm happy to see anything that Dan Housen's doing. However, I'm a little, just the slightest bit disappointed that we're not getting Dan Housen feuding with Broken Matt rather than Big Money Matt. <laughs> because as much as I'm going to enjoy watching him do the, you know, sacks of money thing with, with Big Money Matt and everything, I've seeing Danhausen in the Hardy compound and seeing Danhausen in the broken verse would be life affirming <laughs> but he could still end up against broken Matt because could, if they end could. up at the Hardy compound and he ends up in the Lake of Reincarnation he could have his big money Matt spell broken in that moment and become true. back to broken Matt true quite literally the spell of big money bat is broken and really, that's what happened with Big Money Matt originally, is he became Broken Matt Hardy in Impact. Yeah. Um, all right. Um, I do also like the idea that Hangman spent all the money on charity and bought a lawnmower, and that was it. <laughs> um, it was just a fun end to a, a, a fun little gimmick match. Um, that built with some real genuine love with the Dark Order. and, and, and That was a good moment. Hangman. That was a that nice was awesome. good moment. Really? That's a cool moment. Cemented the face turn of the uh, Dark Order. Love it. And there's still the feud between Big Money Matt and the Dark Order because that's, yeah. Give me John Silver pushes. Give me all the John Silver pushes. <laughs> Johnny Hungy versus Big Money Matt would be great. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's really all I've got for, for AEW. We could talk a little bit about the women's thing, but there's not really a whole hell of a lot to go over. Because there wasn't really much chance of Ryomi Zanami beating Sheeta. It was a good ass match, though. I thought they told a really great story. It's a Joshi match. Yep. They beat the shit out of each other. I'm for it. Um, But we need to get into some other things. We need to get in spiraling out of of, uh, AEW into maybe AEW adjacent. Uh-huh. Impact, which would be impact. <laughs> which which you mean, hold on, time out, as Nate starts to slowly climb upon the throne of always being rightness, where once upon a time, <laughs> <laughs> um, 
I do believe I said, and I quote, something to the effect of, if they're going to do this belt collector shit, it will start with the Impact title making its way onto Kenny's waist. Now what you end up having is, you end up having what? Rich Swan defeat Moose to unify the former mm-hmm. TNA title and the Impact title to become the Impact's unified new world's champion to now at the next pay-per-view they're going to have, they're going to go head to head at rebellion title for title. So one person's walking away with both titles and you know, for a fact, Tony Khan's not letting the (laughs) AEW. So I'm sorry, Rich Swan. It's cool. Like it's great that you are a great help to uh, the story because I don't think Moose. And I said this to my buddy Javi at work. We were talking wrestling as we always do. And I said, you know, man, it doesn't make sense for Moose to win because how does Moose lose and look good losing? It doesn't well, work. Truthfully, it's kind of interesting. Because I think Moose versus Kenny would probably be a better match. You don't see very many of Kenny taking on a bigger person. Totally, that totally. Happen. That doesn't happen very often. Uh, whereas, I mean, Swan's still going to be a good match, but Moose being heel doesn't jive. You're not going to, you don't, a heel versus heel match doesn't have the vibe for it. Exactly. You have, Especially for a big stakes match, heel versus heel is not where you want to be. So and, and Swan's going to be a great hero in defeat. He will. Here's the weird question to me from Rebellion is one I didn't see coming as the uh, Good Brothers losing the title. There's a reason for that. and But not to an all elite wrestling talent. And there's a reason for that. So. What do you think the trade-off for Kenny getting the kind of rub he's about to get is? Do you think they just said, oh, yeah, of course, we'll bow down to all your commands, Tony Khan. We'll give you the belt. It'll be great. It'll help everybody. Woo, it's going to be awesome. No. Well, I've, I've, I've long argued that, no, they need to find some way to get some shine back. Yeah. There's some leverage. So what better leverage than to have the Good Brothers come beat the shit out of the Bucks and take their titles and be the AEW World Tag Champs right. on That's... the other show that then, here's what I'm trying to get at, brother. You then have Impact wrestlers holding AEW titles in an AEW stable that was born out of a New Japan stable with Kenny on a crash. New Japan, dude, the Bullet Club is where this all starts. The no, good... I know, but that's not who has the belts. No, I know they don't have the belts, yeah. clearly. That's not what I'm yeah. saying. I'm just, just saying. Say Finjuice is not Bullet Club, yeah. I'm not saying that. I'm saying that this story is long-form storytelling. They're taking us back to the club getting this whole thing out. And now what you're going to have is a revitalization of the club holding not all the gold, but all the AEW gold. And that's going to be a problem for the Bucks. It's going to give them a crisis of faith. It's going to force them to go face or heel, not tweener mode. They're going to have to pick a side. Are they elite or are they the club? And then that's going to lead to a whole other modicum of things. Mm -hmm. Because with the rise of Kenny Omega will also have to come the fall of everything around him. And that's where the storytelling is going to be phenomenal. So, in my opinion, as I said before and I say it again, we are in a collision course right now where... It's a foregone conclusion unless they do shenanigans so that we can end up having the rematch where the title will actually be title for title again at, say, double or nothing. 
Rich Swan loses that title, and then I believe Kenny is on a collision course with Kota Ibushi very soon. I don't know if I say very soon, but it's going to happen. Well, you got to think that. And then I also think that don't be surprised if Nick Aldis finds his way in this whole thing too. They're Aldis, working relationships across the board. I wouldn't be surprised. I'm honestly surprised we haven't seen Aldis yet. Well, just, just I think because. they're I think they're getting ready to gear up for that. And I think maybe some of the reason they took their stuff down and are just doing a little bit of a soft reboot could be behind the scenes. You think maybe Tony Khan floated. Corrigan some money and said, look here, man, you guys went through some stuff. You did a whole year where you couldn't do shows. No idea. No idea. Um, truthfully, I don't think we see Ibushi Omega until I don't think it's going to be on AEW TV. Well, of course, I they're not going to have the title be switched or anything on AEW TV. That moment's going to be saved for a moment. In New Japan. Honestly, yeah, I think, I, I, I'm, I'm guessing it's going to be a Wrestle, Wrestle Kingdom. Yeah, but the, the problem is that's really that's that's nine months away. That's okay. I know. I'm just saying that's that's they get a lot to get through to get there. That's okay. But I, I think that's a possible end game. We'll so see. one of two things could happen: either Kenny legitimately we also, wins. Well, hold on. Ahead. We also have to take a pandemic into account with that too. Sure. To keep that in mind. Sure, there are changing things, but um, you know, Kenny could also steal Kota's title, not actually win it, just steal the actual physical belt, and that be a story. And then Kenny's like, I am the belt collector, and I'm going to prove it. And you know, maybe he slowly starts losing those titles leading into Wrestle Kingdom and then loses that title back at Wrestle Kingdom and then is you know down to only the AEW championship. And then you can spin out who the next big major shock challenger is there at Wrestle Kingdom. They come out and say, Kenny, all you have left, baby, is that one piece of gold. And after I'm done with you, you won't. Mm-hmm. And then, I mean, I'm telling you, this story is humongous if they can pull it off. Well, I mean, it's it, the the build. There's a lot of ways you can build it, and part of it is the obvious history between Kenny and Coda. I mean, there's that is that is even you don't even need the titles for that. Golden Lovers, Golden Elite. Yeah, yeah. You you've got a lot of story there. However, there's also a little bit of more subtle storytelling that they're doing lately, where uh, Don Callis has been calling uh, Kenny the god of professional wrestling, and the god and while that could be just a Don Callisism, um, Kota Ibushi has also just unified those t- uh, the two titles in in New Japan, the Intercontinental and the uh, Heavyweight, proclaiming that he wants to become a wrestling god. So, how do you make a god without dethroning a god? So that could be your lead in as well. I'm feeling dead air because Nate got up and left. <laughs> This I'm always going to get another plug in for Angels Envy Bourbon. Drink it; it's good. It's like thirty five bucks a bottle, or not like forty five bucks a bottle, but buy it; it's very tasty. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I think that is possibly where they're going to go with it is how to make a god, but you make a god by just dethroning a god. I think that's where they're going to go. Sorry, I had to rush. I had to help V bring the groceries in because. There's a lot. So no, that's fine. I had no, to I'm, just I'm gonna, run I'm gonna, over to You're fine. I'm going to enjoy you listening to what happened in the meantime. When you okay. go back and listen to it later. Good, ha, good. Ha, ha, ha. Um, <laughs> um, As I just randomly dipped. Yep. Well, I, I, I went into business for myself. Um, watch out. Jeans right there. Oh, God. Oh, God. The ring's going to explode. Oh, no, it's not. <laughs> watch out for the barbed wire. Nate's just got a lot of it laying around. Yeah, the ring is not going to explode. 
Oh shit. Um, um, that noise was awful, bro. I was like, okay, you picked a like the worst possible explosion noise. Like Maybe it's a good thing an explosion didn't happen. You know? I I think I got on Twitter like immediately after it's like just just try to stop saving this guys. It's dead. <laughs> it's dead. Leave There's no me. resuscitating this stop, one. Stop, stop. It's already dead. Um so that's that's impact at the moment. Uh I want to get into a couple of things before we get into the the dark and depressing that is WWE. Um I love that you said it like that. That's great. With a little bit of fun actually. Um I was able to watch a little bit of uh independent wrestling over the last couple of weeks. A little bit of GCW. Uh Beyond's got a new show going as well. But I want to take a, a quick second to promote a show that's already ended. They did a seven-episode run on the IWTV app. And, Nate, let's see if you know where this is going, called The Masked Wrestler. Oh, it's just like The Masked Singer, but they're wrestlers exactly wrestling it. with lucha it, masks? Not goofy was, giant masks, right? That would no, be really was, hard. They all had full-body morph suits and lucha masks. The same, like different colored, but different masks. Okay. And they had they had them use voice mods. They had it was basically set up to be the masked singer, the masked dancer, whatever the fuck masked show, the masked Republican that Fox is wanting to show out. Um, is that real? No, it's just Ron Johnson. Oh. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that was amazing. It's just, it's, you it's caught just me off guard. It's, it's just Ron Johnson in the hood. It's not actually a mask. Um, <laughs> oh my god that was a kkk joke throwing right at ron johnson that was hilarious high five um, high five um no they did this this bracket tournament where uh they paired up masked wrestlers to do a match and at the end whoever won uh whoever lost would have to unmask and the three judges would try to guess who it was which the three judges one of them was uh was chris statlander which was all kinds of fun um but the winner wait chris statlander in alien um was she alien kayfabing or she was, not really she was just just k-stat okay um but they had uh, the winner of the tournament and again it's only seven episodes each episode is like 20 minutes long it's one match at a time but uh the winner ended up getting an iwtv title shot without having to take the mask off yet so this past weekend this, this show ran for uh, seven weeks uh earlier this year earlier in 2020 so how did they determine winners like do they book the winner out or how does it was it was just a straight up match like quite literally like you had seriously it's worth watching it's two rest mass wrestlers facing off they had nicknames and everything and then they would you know somebody gets pinned loser has to unmask the winner moves on but that's what i'm asking they had that predetermined Mm mm-hmm Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. the whole yeah, the whole show was booked. I didn't uh, know if there was anything still, of it that was like you no, know, like not, a surprise or no, like. Well, oh, I shoot, didn't know. No. I didn't know necessarily if it was a shoot per se, but maybe what they did was have the judges like judge like. Who no, they I don't thought think the, a... I don't think the judges knew who it was. Totally. But no, the the judges didn't really judge anything. They just guessed who it was going to be before they took their mask off. Okay, that's fun. It was just a, it was just a fun little bit of wrestling like goofiness. Okay. But the they ran that last year, and then the winner got his IWTV title match this past weekend against the man, the myth, the headbanger, Warhorse, who is in the midst of a 400-day-long, you know, massive defense spree. Because Warhorse rules ass. Warhorse got his ass ruled. He lost. And here's the kicker. I would be very upset. I'd be very, very, very upset 
if I wasn't a massive fan of the guy that dethroned him. Who dethroned him? That would be Tiger Style Lee Moriarty, who I have raved about on this show before. Yeah, Lee Moriarty's been talked about a couple and times. This dude is one of the most deserving independent pro wrestlers to get the independent wrestling title and move that forward through the future. I don't know what this is going to mean for Warhorse. I don't know if it means he's moving on to better things. Who knows? I hope he is. However, A-E-Dub. A-E-Dub. Maybe. Maybe. Or R-O-H. But I'd rather see I'd rather see him in A-E-Dub, but that's just me. Same. Um, Lee Moriarty is... This is going to be some heavy praise here. Lee Moriarty is the new era, to me, American Dragon. Damn! He is... The dude can wrestle any style. And he is... I, I'm not going to say this. I don't say that as a comparison to Daniel Bryan in terms of character character work or a gimmick, but in terms of match quality, there is no one, nobody in the independents right now, in the North American independents, that puts on matches like Lee Moriarty. I, dude, was my favorite match of, uh, of uh, the collective last year. He's put on, I've seen him live before. The guy has, as, as far as ring work star, like he could... I don't know what gimmick-wise, character-wise, he's kind of soft-spoken. He's not really done much character work-wise. Maybe this is his start, too. I don't know. But just purely in terms of ring work, keep your eye on that dude because he is going to be the next big name, the next AJ Styles, the next Daniel Bryan, the next ring work god. Okay. Telling you that right now. Well, you heard it here first on Journey into Wrestling, episode 101 on 316-day what? You're going to hear a lot more about that dude coming up guaranteed awesome this is the first start of a, something big for him i yeah, I've just got the feeling um yeah just to watch some uh, some independent wrestling there was also uh, i mentioned earlier i watched a gcw show that had some death matches on it that had some implications for the upcoming collective because joey's uh joey Janela's spring break four or five or whichever it is is no longer joey lost the rights to it to ricky shane page it is now rsp break rs spring break yeah, it's it's a bad gimmick, but uh, Ricky Shane Page is the uh, GCW champion and leader of the four four zero stable of just absolute scumbags. So it's uh, cool to do a story like this where you can turn it around and then. He'll... Oh yeah, he's 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 universally hated in independent wrestling. Like he is, he is the uh, you know people throwing trash at the ring guy. Like awesome. people fucking hate him. Uh, and he won the match over Janela. For like it was a match for his title versus the rights to spring break and lost it because one of my other favorite wrestlers, Chris Dickinson, turned heel on him. Whoa, turned heel on Janela, his former tag team partner in a tag team called Slither. Chris Dickinson's been brought up a couple times on this show. Mm-hmm. I'm a big fan of Dickinson, and Dickinson's going to have a match against Janela at spring break at RS Spring Break at RS Spring Break at RS Spring Break, basically. Yeah. So some some serious uh, little uh, indie developments, which is nice to see again. Hey, I like that we're talking about indies again here on the show. It's 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 it's, it's beyond, good to hear and feel we've beyond uh, been beyond without this show. for about a year. Yeah, Beyond's got a weekly show again. They're going to be running some uh, live shows here again soon. Um, I believe Black Label Pro is going to be doing some stuff again here pretty soon. I hope. Um, yeah, there's a lot going on. Well, um, next Black Label Pro event that's happening that's coming in my neck of the woods, you're going to make sure to let me know we're going definitely. together. Definitely. Like birds um, of a feather. Definitely. 
Um, and that just leaves us WWE. And I'm I'm going to be a coward and not talk about the bad stuff I don't want to talk about first. So we're going to start with NXT. Um, okay. <laughs> which uh, I did happen to watch uh, NXT last week. Uh, actually, it's been kind of nice that uh, cutting the cord and going from cable to Hulu, mm-hmm. I can now DVR NXT and watch it directly after Dynamite, which is kind of nice. Yeah, NXT virus. Is that what we're going to call them? Oh, have you heard what happened? So. Uh, yeah, yeah. And matter of fact, I actually had some fun with it myself on on Cage side. Um, the there's been a, another outbreak, supposedly another outbreak at NXT. Um, although the last that I'd heard may may not be because of an actual wrestler that did it, uh, but somebody that was there, like a moving crew that was there to help out, like set up and tear down the ring, and wasn't wearing masks or something like that. But I, I got into it with some folks on cage side that got kind of political, and I, I let him have it. Well, um, your face said I, it all, if bro. If I'm if I'm not already making my my political uh, my political leanings known by making the Ron Johnson and the KKK mask joke. Glad <laughs> um, <laughs> I didn't um, take a drink when you somebody, said that. Somebody there was somebody that happened to make a joke uh, a comment on this message board that uh, that. Well, Trump never said that COVID was a hoax. So, no, he just downplayed it. And, like, my comment back was, no, he just downplayed it and said it wasn't that important, even though he knew it was. And and then, you know, politicized it and then made mask wearing a political thing and, and then refused to tell people that he got the vaccination and all this other shit. Yeah, he did all this. So, no, he never said hoax, though. Uh, and then some idiot decides to clap back with, well, don't try to pretend that Dr. Fauci didn't say it was going to be over in, like, two months. I'm like, oh, you mean... Dr. Fauci, the scientist, the guy who said, yeah, I, I was wrong, and we make mistakes. That's how we learn, and that's how we learn what's going on. That's how we fix things. That, that, that Dr. Fauci, remind me of any time that, that Trump ever said, hey, yeah, I was wrong. Remind me of any time that Trump ever publicly admitted to being wrong at anything. Yeah, you can't because he's a criminal. Anyways, no. let's talk about something more fun than yeah. that. Let's talk yeah. about anyway, wrestling. Let's so talk NXT, about so NXT. Next. I will say that uh, the last show has been a lot of fun. They're still running the Cameron Grimes bit, which is a blast. Um, Johnny Gargano is still a fantastic heel, but the stuff I want to get into specifically is the end of NXT this past week. Um, okay. Because you had the Finn Bauer versus Adam Cole for the title. I have no idea what you happened. Also, well, you also have these two big, big announcements that, and actually before I get into Adam Cole and Finn Bauer for the title, we had two big announcements on this most recent episode of NXT that a we are getting a two night two night NXT takeover NXT takeover stand and deliver Wednesday night before mania on uh, USA and then Thursday night on Peacock because we got to peacock that peacock <laughs> um, <laughs> so they announced that and then they also announced hey we have a new belts we have NXT women's tag team titles now because we have such a good track record of that on the main roster. But I digress. <laughs> Maybe they'll actually take them seriously on NXT. Uh, and they awarded them, straight up, they awarded them to uh, Raquel Gonzalez and uh, 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 Dakota Kai for winning the Dusty Cup. Cool, right? Hey, let's have uh, let's have them defend it on their first night against Shotzi Blackheart and Ember Moon. Hey, let's have them lose, too. I, I saw <laughs> that. That's pretty yeah, cool. So first champs only had, the cha- only had the titles for like an hour and a half. But great matches, cool stuff. Um, so then we get on to the main event, Adam Cole and Finn Balor. Great match. 
great match, great match. Hey, here's Kyle O'Reilly standing in the crowd. Just slowly, literally slowly walking up to the barrier in a fucking denim vest and looking just pissed off and angry and doesn't do a thing. Just stands there and stares at Cole until Cole gets distracted and loses the match. So uh, Finn Bauer still your champion. Um, and then uh, O'Reilly jumps in and tries to, goes to beat up Adam Cole. And there's this beautiful, wonderful moment where Cole, you know, begs off and, you know, it's, you know, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to. And then tries the low blow and O'Reilly blocks it, like catches his arm and takes the Undisputed Era armband off of Cole, just slowly pulls it off and then just starts laying the fuck into him. Oh, that's amazing. I got to see uh, that. They had this great brawl, this great, fantastic pull apart brawl. And meanwhile, here's Bauer still standing in the ring with his title watching everything. And all of a sudden you hear him, you see it kind of zoom in on Bauer and you see him just kind of look over, kind of look kind of over to his left and go, what took you so long? Pull back and there's Karrion Cross standing behind him. Tick tock. Fucking beautiful. Great finish. That's amazing. I need so to see NXT there's your, now. So there's your, yeah, it's last week's episode. Great show. So now there's your two, your two main events for two nights of NXT takeover. You're going to have Adam Cole, Cole O'Reilly, and Kyle O'Reilly. And you're gonna have Finn Bauer and Karrion Cross two nights, not confirmed yet, but pretty no much confirmed. Yeah, yeah. So plus new titles, all kinds of cool shit. Really. Like, so wait, again, new title designs and everything is what you're saying? They look, yeah. It's two. It's women's tag team belts for NXT. So it looks. Oh, like, I yeah. thought you meant overall. We were getting all new designs as well as no, new no, no, women's no, no, titles. No, no. no. Thankfully, they're not using. I do like. I will kind of say. I wish they would go back to the giant X belt they originally. I love that title. I do like the women's belt more than I like the original women's belt. The like kind of pinkish one that looked kind of dumb and like a prop. Yeah, but the giant X belt was kind of cool. It's the first title Ollie ever had. I got him the one the toy. You know, know what the first one I ever had was toy of a winged eagle like me. Smoking skull Austin belt. Nice. Yeah. Which actually had some uh, got brought up last night on Raw, and again on three sixteen day, we're talking about Stone Cold. Love yeah. it, yeah, uh, because Bad Bunny is no longer the twenty four seven champion. I saw, yeah, he just yeah. gave it up. He just gave it to Truth for a bunch of Stone Cold. But fish. did you see Bad Bunny was on SNL? Yeah, and he was also on the Grammys. But on SNL, he yeah, had the, the title. Yeah, yes, yeah. He, he I the bet out. that he did yeah. not have that at the Grammys. He did not because he was also performing uh, yeah. and winning Grammys. So yeah, they're they're pimping the hell out of that. But uh, yeah, he took a guitar shot last night too. From who? Uh, Elias. Miz. Oh, Miz. oh, of course, of course. Yeah, because we're Miz is falling that far down the card again. Um, so let's let's get into to the road to WrestleMania because we're not calling the road to Fastlane, which is this Sunday that no one cares about, including WWE. Wait a um, minute, there's a pay per view this Sunday. Fastlane's this weekend. WrestleMania is in three weeks. Did you know that? I didn't know that. No, I didn't I'm going to hold either. up a sign that says "fuck WWE." Okay, I didn't know because that either, though. Good. This me neither. Aside from aside from one match, aside from one match, they're completely punning on the show. There's no reason to have it except for one, and one. It is a valid reason, but it's a stupid fucking reason. Okay. Um, there's no real reason. There's no kayfabe reason for them to have fastlane. There's no point to it. They're just interrupting their own builds. They're going to have Daniel Bryan versus Roman Reigns for the title. Even though 
we know the winner gets to face Edge at Mania, and it's probably going to be Reigns. I don't know, though. It would be a dope swerve if it was DB. No, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get into that here in a second because it, that's actually the one good thing about right now, one of the very few good things. I'll get into that in just a second. Um, you have... Uh, you have Bobby Lashley win the win the WWE title, and then he announced last night that he's going to fight Drew McIntyre at WrestleMania. Fuck Fastlane, right? Skip right to the big one. Yeah, Drew's going to fight Sheamus at uh, Fastlane because that's going to have some sort of stakes on anything. Drew also said the f bomb on Raw Talk. Yes, he did. <laughs> and then he played it up by saying, I'm sorry, I'm Scottish, which I liked. It was funny because um, he got so real and angry, and then he got so real and polite. Yes. He went from his, like, as real as and angry as he could play to as real as, like, who, who he really is behind the scenes. Like, I'm sorry. Oops. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm Scottish. Um, so, yeah, they, they have that match at WrestleMania. So we're just bypassing Fastlane's build. Um, they took the belts off of uh, – off. they had the uh, the tag titles come off of the Hurt Business last night for the New Day. Because they announced that we're going to have the New Day versus AJ and Omos at WrestleMania. What? They couldn't have done... They should have done it at fucking Fastlane. At least you're going to have it at a, at a title match at a show. But no, they have to find... They don't have any other plans for, for AJ or for the New Day. So, hey, let's take the titles off of the... Let's put AJ in a, in a tag title match and we got to have him fight a face. So because the Hurt Business the has the world title, that's what they're doing? Well, no, the Hurt Business had the tag titles. No, I know that, but they also but have Lashley as their world champ, and he's right, the head of that right, stable. So, right, right, exactly. It's dumb. It's really dumb to take the title. When did MVP them. lose the U.S. title? Quite a while ago. Quite a while ago. Okay, so then my next question: Did Mustafa Ali just win the U.S. title? Nope. He's been nope. champ for a time. Nope. He's been a creep. Uh, Ali has never held the belt. Of any kind. In what? WWE. Nope. Not even the cruiserweight. Um, Weird. Should have. Very much should have, but no, has not. No, he t he challenged Riddle last night and lost. Um, Riddle, whose character just gets progressively worse and worse to me. He's riding around on a scooter now. They made a joke about edibles. It's it's really bad. Um. But, uh, no, they took the belts off of Hurt Business because they have to find something for AJ to do at WrestleMania, and they need to find something for New Day to do at WrestleMania. You can't have two of your biggest acts not on the show. So, hey, fuck, we'll throw them in a tag team title match. Okay. Well, I guess that AJ and Omos can't fight a heel team, so we got to get the belts off them somehow. Blender mania, bro. Yeah. Um, we also have uh, this absolute dog shit angle that is Shane and Braun Strowman. It's he slimed are, him, bro. There, there are levels, terrible levels of bad here. Like Nickelodeon start, slimed him. Yes. Yes. Um, so here's the thing. This started last week. Well, it started really a couple weeks ago. Nope. I'm done. Uh, I, all right. All right. So this started a couple weeks ago. You can't Nickelodeon slime somebody in wrestling. I quit. You can't do that on a podcast. Ah! Um, no, we had this angle starts with Braun Strowman uh, somehow getting into it with Shane and Shane kind of like just antagonizing him for the sake of antagonizing him. It's really weird. This kind of dumb thing where he's like, 
kind of poking the bear with Braun just to see what he does. I can't quit on you, bro. I'm sorry. I know. Uh, I know. I'm so, I, that, so, just, that just made me throw my hat. He slammed so, dude, him for I, real. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna, I, need to, I need to describe this whole thing to you because it, it's a level upon level of bad. A grown-ass starts, man slammed a grown-ass man in wrestling. And we're not, we're not done. Oh. No, this, this starts with, with Shane, like, refusing to, like, kind of disrespecting Braun in a way that is kind of superfluous or kind of dumb. And then uh, Braun wants uh, or gets put in a, I think it was a tag team title match with uh, Shane's Nicholas? partner. No, Shane's handpicked partner. Um, <laughs> Scrap daddy, Adam Pierce, who then gets Braun to tag in or tag out and loses. So dumb. And then there's this whole bit last week. This starts last week where Shane or Braun comes out and demands Shane come out and give him an apology. And Shane walks out and then turns around and leaves. Like he comes out halfway down the ramp and then just turns around and leaves. Like he's going to say something and then he doesn't. And they talk him into coming back out later. You need to, you've got to address this. You got to address this. Braun's standing in the ring, just belting out, Shane, Shane, come here, come here. I'm big and angry and I look like I'm a giant gardener because I'm wearing gardening gloves. Um, I look like the the overblown, overpuffed, long lost Hardy brother. It's really weird. Um, and then Shane comes out and does this like five minute spiel, unscripted promo. That's just like him stumbling over his own words and saying, "I'm not going to call you stupid, but you're stupid. But I'm not going to call you stupid. But you fell down a stupid tree and every branch on the way down. Same joke he made two weeks in a row." But you're not stupid. You're, I'm not going to call you stupid, but I'm going to stand here on the ramp and call you stupid, but you're not stupid. For five minutes, this goes on until he goes, I'm not going to call you stupid. Braun. And then that's the magic word that makes Braun angry, and Braun runs down away and chases Shane down the ramp and then chases Shane away. And Shane acts like he jumps into a car. The car takes off, and Braun, ah, Braun mad because car drove away. And Shane's still standing there because he tricked him. And Shane goes, oh, he's so stupid. So fast forward to this week, because that was all terrible. That was all terrible. Every bit of it was terrible. If you have a brain cell, it ran screaming from the room. Terrible. My head hurts. I didn't even see the segment. Yeah. So then we get back to this week. Now, Braun is going, Shane, come out here. I know you, you're not going to apologize because the McMahon's never apologized for anything. I want a match with Shane McMahon. I've been bullied my whole life because I didn't think I was very smart. Motherfucker, you got bullied? Really? Sure. I believe you. Um, yeah, let me bully the giant fucking human being. No, no, no. Um, and then Shane accepts the match. We're going to have a match on Raw. And then he decides to further antagonize Braun by Braun standing in the ring and Shane going, Oh, hold on. I need to stretch first. I need to do some jumping jacks and some push-ups first. And then he gets Braun to do this weird chase you around the ring thing that he does, the Strowman Express, the, yeah. the the shoulder block train. And as soon as Braun comes around the corner, Shane hits him with a camera. Okay, fine. I get it. Then he rolls Braun onto the onto the onto the announce table and leap of faith elbow because he's Shane McMahon, and you always have that. And then under the ring, we have two giant buckets of green slime. Why are there two giant buckets of green slime underneath the ring? I don't know. 
I don't want to know. This has been a premeditated sliming? Yes. Oh, Jesus. Yes, he dumps two buckets of green slime. Because you can't say that on television. You have Double Dare. WWE Monday Night Double Dare. Uh, it's, it's all fucking terrible. It's so dumb. And all I keep thinking is, can we just like fast forward to Shane jumping off the pirate ship at the stadium? Because that's where this is going. That's we know that's where this is going. This is Shane versus Braun at WrestleMania where he's going to jump off of something. And hey, they have a giant pirate ship. And hey, let's take that moment away from KO who wants to do it. Yeah, well, that, there's that too. But it's Shane. And of course, Shane's going to jump off. So I, I don't care. No one cares. You've ruined Braun. Braun is a joke at this point. Because he's had weird face turns and weird heel turns and Big Show light without Big Show's charisma and and yeah, it's just dumb. All of it dumb and no effort and dumb and fuck Fastlane. No one cares and dumb. Raw is terrible. Raw is just absolutely terrible. Raw is no longer war. Raw is terrible. Raw is ugh. Raw is how do, you, how do you make that episode title? Give me a how do you spell ich? Uh, Raw is Team Eck would be E C K, <laughs> Edge Christian um, and Kurt. Ech. But I do want to go over to the one good thing about Fastlane, which is on SmackDown, and that is this weird build with Roman Reigns and Daniel Bryan Edge, and this starts with Edge winning the Rumble, and not challenging anybody. I'm the ultimate opportunist. I'm Edge. I'm, you know, look like I'm made of leather at this point. Um, And then we go to Elimination Chamber where you have Daniel Bryan winning the Elimination Chamber match and the right to fight Roman, who then bitches him out in like 30 seconds. Um, And Bryan comes out and says, you know, I should have known because you're afraid to fight me. And you know what? Edge kind of challenges him and says, you know, you're, this is my show. This is I'm going to WrestleMania, not you. This is my thing. I chose to fight Roman. So why are you going into business for yourself? And Brian says, you know, I've never been the ambitious type, but you know what? Yes, I am going into business for myself because I told myself I was never going to be that guy that lets someone stand over me and point at the WrestleMania thing and have their moment at my expense. I may never get another moment like this. And Edge, I respect the shit out of you. I respect the hell out of you for what you've done and who you are. Absolutely, you're a hero. But you can talk all you want about how this may be your last shot. This may be my last shot. And I'll be damned if I just let somebody else walk out with it. So, yes, I'm going to fight Roman Reigns at WrestleMania or at, at, at Fastlane. And then, Mr. Opportunist, you'll still get your WrestleMania match, but it'll be against me. Oh, I love it. Leave it to Daniel. Leave it to Daniel Bryan to sell the shit out of it. Daniel Bryan and Edge both, and then you get Roman Reigns, who's you know, Mister Acknowledge Me, Acknowledge Me, Acknowledge Me that I'm the main event, and they're going, get a load of this fucker. No one respects you. No one fears you. We don't fear you. Um, and really, it's interesting because you could have it going a couple of ways. You could have it going to still being Reigns and Edge. Could also uh, have it go only Brian and Edge. Mm-hmm. Right, you could have, also you have, have a triple threat, which I think is possible. I'm not going to be upset if it's a triple threat, and I never would have said that before. But Brian has absolutely, with his being Daniel fucking Brian, and the best, one of the best of all time, is selling this and selling it well. And 
and making Edge come out to look like, you know, the conquering hero, look kind of like a petty dick. You already got your spot at WrestleMania. You're guaranteed, man. Congratulations. I'm happy for you. But don't let yourself, don't let, don't, you're not taking it off on my plate, too. Your spot's already guaranteed. Let me go get mine. How dare you talk about grit? How dare you talk about working and grinding and having grit and tell me that I can't work for my spot here? How dare you? And it's, it's awesome, brilliant. too, because you brilliant. can – well, and here's the thing, too. You go into WrestleMania, and beyond just the story you can tell that they're creating right now with this, like, who's going to go to WrestleMania thing, here's some other things you have factored in that if WWE chooses to pull from, they can. How about look at what the crowd wanted and how I was screwed over because they keep seeing me as a B player when Roman won the Rumble and I didn't, and it should have been me. And look at all the opportunities that I've been overlooked on. I even retired. And I came back. And then Edge goes, yeah, you came back. And you're the reason I came back. And then that, oh, it's so good. So what we're getting on SmackDown this week is we're going to get Jey Uso versus Edge. First time Edge has had a match on SmackDown in years. It's probably a solid decade for the right to be the special guest enforcer at Fastlane. Ooh, interesting. It's got to be Edge. Yeah, Yeah, I mean... It, it has, it, well, you never know. It depends on what they want to do. If they want to get this triple threat out of it, yeah, you make it edge. But if then, they want, if they want to do a singles match, maybe you have Jay as the enforcer, screw Brian, then you have Brian and Jay at Mania. I mean, you could do or that. Jay screws Roman. Could be, but I think we're a little too. I think we're still a little ways away from that. I think it, you're not. I don't think you're going to do that until you're ready to take the belt off of Roman. And as much as I'm excited for this Mania match and this Mania feud. I don't think anybody's taking the belt off of Roman yet. I don't think Edge is going to win. I don't think Brian's going to win. Okay. I think this. I think Brian. If they do a triple threat, it's because Brian will take the pin. Well, yeah, but if Brian wins at Fastlane and it's Edge and Brian, then of course Roman's already lost. And if right, that was because right, of Jay, right. it all stands to tell that story. True. And it's like you know, I had to sit back and say, "You were the head of the table. I'm about to prove that I'm the head of the table." True. You but know. I think I, I still think that the. Reigns Uso feud's going to come full circle with the belt, but it's going to be later on down the road. Okay. Um, I do also want to take a take time to point out another really really good thing on SmackDown. That's Big E. Um, and Apollo Cruz actually Apollo Cruz, and there's a little bit of tugging of uh, push and pull here. Apollo Cruz finally found a character. He finally found charisma. Really. He finally found a character. However character is just a little bit cringy and might be a bit racist what he's in apollo cruz is embracing the fact that his family is nigerian royalty his his ancestors were nigerian royalty and that he is the stock of nigerian royalty so he comes out with literally a spear a scarf like his, his family's colors two like militia style guards like <laughs> And he's speaking with a Nigerian accent now. But he's Zamundan, huh? Well, the thing is, his family is legitimately Nigerian. And he's not none of this none of it's wrong at all. And it's giving and he he he's basing this heel turn off of Big E, who when Big E beat him in an Intercontinental title match, when Apollo tried to get another match and was kind of healing it up just a little bit and kind of hitting at it, Big E told him, Go back to catering, you're done. Wow. Like, straight up, like, ca- I'm the captain on this team. You had your shot. Go back. Go back to catering. Back to so the line that, for you. 
so that brought out this heel character in Apollo saying, you don't disrespect me. You don't know who I am. You don't disrespect me. And he beat the shit out of E twice now, including uh, actually writing E off for about two weeks when he dumped him over the top rope, picked up the uh, stairs, and when the refs had put him down, he said, oh, sure, I'll put him down, drops the stairs off the ring onto Big E. Cool moment. And I'm going to tell you this right now, Big E is fired up too. And some of his, I, I, if I can find it, send it to you. He had a great, great promo. Send on, it to on, me. Well, I, quite literally, he says something along the lines of, man, I'm kind of laughing. You made me go biblical because this is now an eye for an eye. You take one of mine. I take two of yours. You, uh, you step on my line. I bulldoze your house. Like, so I you mean that Big like, E has been reignited like, in a way that needs to be yes, reignited? He's he's still he's still got a little bit of that silliness to him, but underlying that is this like, motherfucker, you come get it, and I love it. It's awesome. It's the it's the dimension that he needed, and it's the dimension that can see Big E getting a title feud later on down the road. Absolutely, and what people were kind of hoping for this year, even. Um, I know there was a bit on him with uh, on Talking Smack with him saying that, you know, he's going to take the Intercontinental title, hold it all year, go to Mania next year, and unify the belt. Damn. And nobody will be able to deny him then. So I'm going to see if I can find this promo for you real fast. Okay, please do. Um, yeah, please definitely send it to me to check out so after the show. Because my phone's dead, so I can't check it until after the show. But Well, I mean, if I can pull it up, I may be able to play it through this uh, microphone here. Oh, maybe, maybe, maybe. Technology. Maybe, maybe, maybe. I mean, it won't be the highest quality, but it'll be decent. That's cool. I got a new phone. It might actually be decent quality. Nice. <laughs> um, let's see if I can find it here. Uh, did you see uh, the uh, the uh, Nick Aldis news? The NWA news? No. Um, he is challenge or um, Aaron Stevens is challenging him for the title. And that's you know kind of dope because the passing a question mark. That's exactly why. That's like a really classy thing for like, them. That's to the do. exact reason for it. I love that. I hope that the episode they honor question mark slash Joe. I they've already they've already mentioned it multiple times, so I get the feeling they really are. Yeah. I think that's the idea. Um, I know I'm. I know I'm finding it here. Where is it? God damn it! Google. It's over the weekend. YouTube. No, I'm on Cage Side, and I know it's here. I just gotta find the fucking thing. On Cage Side, you're gonna scroll for 17 hours trying to find it on Cage Side. They post like every 22 minutes with their late breaking dirt sheets. Oh, it's okay, man. Yeah, it's okay. I will find it. This moment is past. We'll come back to it. We'll circle back next time. Well, I love let, a good I'm gonna let you feel I'm gonna let you feel a little dead air here. Oh okay. Well then if I'm feeling some dead air, let me do a little pull away here and talk about a few things. Cause folks, if you're listening to this or watching this, you have found us on one of two places. All the amazing podcasting services that we're on, whether that's Apple Music, Amazon Music, Podbean, Stitcher Radio, Spotify, TuneIn, Castbox, Google Podcasts, and many others. 
by searching Journey into Comics Network. You get Journey into Wrestling as well as Journey into Comics and a few other shows we've got going right now as the pandemic ravaged us, but we'll hope to be back stronger than ever. Folks, also make sure to check us out on YouTube if you're watching the show or Facebook if you're watching the show. We do release a video version of this podcast where you can see our glorious faces as we chum it up with each other, chat wrestling, get dropped in by Dan Housen, and all kinds of crazy madness pops up on the screen all at once. Buckles, did you find it? You know I found it. Of course you found it. So I'm going to hit play here. Let's see if we can get it here. All right. You can't put the genie back in the bottle because you, you, Apollo, you made me go biblical. I got to go Old Testament on you because, because now, now, now it's I, I for an eye. Now it's you, you take one of mine and I take two of yours. Now it's you, you come here to hurt me and I come here to maim you. Now, now it's you step on my lawn and I bulldoze your house. It's beating you. You're beating you now? <laughs> That's not enough. No, no, I gotta end you. You can't put the genie. Damn, it was yeah. a great promo Dude. for sure. Dude's got some real fire. He looks even, he looks better even doing it. So it's cool shit there. I'm happy my phone worked that well. I got a new phone, so I'm happy the speakers work well. Excellent. All right. Well, Buckles, I think we're at a pretty uh, groovy stopping point for this episode, my man. I'd say so. All right, dude. Well, folks, I want to thank everybody for checking out this week's episode. We are a little bit late, but the world, as you guys already know, has just been really hectic for the both of us, and we're trying our best to get yeah. through it. Uh, also, been, it kind of worked out that it worked this way because there was so much news that we kind of bookended news into a more compacted episode, I think. So, it's, yeah. It's real life's kind of interfered with a lot of things the last couple of weeks for us. So, I mean, like, I've been sleeted on and I've been lost my voice a couple of times. At least you been, weren't skeeted on. Yeah. I have nothing to say to that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right, folks. Well, for Journey into Wrestling. Episode 101. I've been Nate. I've been Buckles. And as always, we will see you fine handicapped hoodlums later on Journey into Wrestling. Ciao.